Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, from the All Elite Zone family. Tonight, it's going to be a very fun, special episode. And, of course, I need a very special friend to join me in this wonderful podcast, in this wonderful journey that we're going on tonight. So, Adam, he is a bearded wonder. He's everybody's favorite Tennessee man, everybody's favorite package delivery boy. So, Adam, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing fantastic. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Lane. Oh, I feel very thankful for you, man. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm very thankful to have you as my co-host tonight. And oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. So thank you guys for joining us on this very special evening of uh, Thanksgiving-themed uh, Talking Elite. So before we kind of get started into the wrestling side of the Thanksgiving episode, um, what dish are you looking forward to eating tonight, Adam? What's your go-to Thanksgiving dish? I have so many because I'm a fat kid. So <laughs> for me, for me, it's it's always it. I mean, it's obvious. It's always a turkey for everybody. But for me, I really love green bean casserole. It is probably one of my favorite dishes, and they do it differently down south because normally up north you get like the canned like green beans, and you mix all that together with the ingredients. Here it's fresh. It's like the actual big sized green beans that they put in a casserole. Like a lot of the Thanksgivings, I've like Friendsgivings is what we call them. A lot of them we've gone to, they've been like the actual like big be- like green beans, like not from cans, like natural green beans in the casserole. So I think that's my favorite dish that I always look forward to every Thanksgiving. I'm a little jealous because uh, that sounds amazing. Like you know, just put that picture in my head. Uh, uh, for me it's my grandma's rolls so my grandma you know unfortunately we can't spend thanksgiving with her um but when we moved down here to good old texas she did send my family the recipe so we will enjoy the rolls for sure and i'm excited because i'll probably eat at least a whole dozen by myself there's nothing wrong with that i mean i will i will chow down on the turkey legs like that's the first thing i call is the turkey legs and I will destroy a turkey leg, even if it's like this big. One thing I did notice down here in the south too, um, and I, maybe if we do a friendsgiving, maybe we'll do it. But a there's um, Cajun seasoned turkeys. It has a little bit of a kick, and I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. But fortunately, my family they're not too keen on the hot stuff. They don't like the Cajun seasoning. I'm the black sheep of my family. I love that kind of stuff. So, well, we get the kick here in in Tennessee, especially Nashville. You know, you get oh, the Nashville hot chicken. Like it's 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 like the thing here. So it's like, anytime I go back home, like up north in the Chicagoland area, like yeah, I'll try something with some hot some like hot chicken on it because I live in Tennessee now, so it's always good. And I try to introduce it to other people. Very true. All right, brother. So you had the opportunity to watch uh, Saturday night's pay per view. Um, what was your favorite moment of that pay-per-view? I, I mean, there were several. Um, I'll, I'll probably keen on on two. Um, definitely the pacing of the trios match of Edge staying in Darby versus Christian, Nick Wayne, and Luchasaurus. Um, it was definitely a good match. The pacing was good. Uh, the interaction with everybody was good. Um, there weren't a lot of spot fests. Like It was just an actual good trios match. Tags in, tags out. You know, the heels doing the heelish work. Um, even someone like the old man Flair getting involved in it was was interesting. Um, and then, obviously, I, th- I think my other favorite match was, honestly, the triple threat match of the TBS title uh, with Sky Blue, 
Julia Hart and Chris Statlander. Uh, it was it was definitely a fun match to watch. Um, all the like it, it's it was a slow burn, but once all women like started like just going after each other, it, it, that's when it turned up, and you're like, this is a really good match. So uh, so I would say those two moments were definitely some of my favorite moments from the pay per view. I was really surprised on uh, we had two title changes. You know, last uh, on um, I was about to say last night because we're recording this. You know, the day after, but on Saturday, you know, having two title changes, both in the women's division. Do you think this is the right direction for the women's division to have? You know, an, both a new TBS champion and probably one of the most, and the other one that has probably the most over character in AEW right now. I, I I've said it before on this show, and I'll say it again. Tony Storm's timeless character is one of my favorite characters she has done in her career. Um, it's a rejuvenation. It's almost like how Chris Jericho rejuvenated his his kind of tone with the you know the pain maker. Like when he introduced that character, his whole trajectory of his career like changed. But like I, I was very happy with Tony Storm winning because there's so many routes you can go with it now. You know, there's a lot of unfinished stories with Tony Storm and that TBS t- or the the women's title. That you can go, you can add in more people into her little group. I mean, you've already added in uh, Luther the Butler. Now you've got Maria May as this crazed, obsessed fan over her. Um, I mean, obviously, Hakir Shida might want that rematch. You know, obviously, you still have, um, you know, Soraya, Soraya in the wings with trying to finish her story with the breakup of Outcast and you know trying to get even with you know Tony. So you got so many stories with that. And as far as the women's TBS title goes, you and I were talking about it before we went live. I'm kind of happy they pulled the trigger on Julia Hart. Um, And hopefully everybody watching this tonight saw the pay-per-view, if not have read about the results. So hopefully, um, if not, apologize. But pulling the trigger on Julia Hart when the stove was hot was a right choice, especially – look, I'm a bigger – I'm a big – Chris Statlander, Mark. I was happy when she came back and she was injury-free and she won the title from Jade. I was very happy. You know, it was a good six-month run. It was good. It was good for what it was. It, it was just getting stale a little bit for me. And I love Chris Statlander, but some of the time, I felt like she didn't defend it a lot. She was in a lot of tag matches as the champion. And I was like, you need her to defend it a lot more, you know? And uh, so it was right because it was weird because through the whole night, House of Black was just not doing well. And then you get to Julie Hart and she wins. So now you kind of put a little more prestige back in the House of Black since they lost the trios titles. So I feel like this is the right direction where they need to go with both Julie Hart and the House of Black. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with that. You know, that was one thing that I was super ecstatic when I um when I got back to the fire station last night. We had a car fire that we were on. Got back, I look at my phone, I'm like Julia Hart won, and I feel like it was that perfect time. There, you know, they caught lightning in a bottle with her witch character, and I'm just curious to see where the House of Black goes from here. You know, like, <clears throat> do they all become champions? Like, do you decorate that whole faction up, make them back into that unstoppable force? Well, honestly, I like. I mean, as much as I would have loved to see Brody and. Malachi won the tag titles last night. I knew that wasn't going to happen. I knew I kind of felt big because I just won them. I felt Big Bill and and Ricky were going to retain, especially the momentum Ricky Starks has been having lately. And you know, I see the the take on 
making Claudio still look strong against Buddy because Claudio might get back into that uh, title picture, especially since I think his name was drawn for the new Continental Tournament that they're doing in AEW. Um, so you got to keep him fr- strong for the tournament. Um, so, yeah, I do I, I do wish, and I love the acclaim, I do wish that the House of Black would win back their trios titles. Um, that way you could, you know, maybe that's what they're building towards of House of Black you know, finally reverting back to holding a lot of gold. Um, Cause you could just imagine that walkout of all four of them, you know, like the, the three men with the trios titles around their necks and then Julia Hart, like even like hugging her TBS title or holding it like a, like a, like little like urn or whatever, like yeah. that, or like, like holding it in her arms like that. Like you can imagine. So I think this is a good route starting, especially with someone like Julia Hart. Cause she has transcended, with her character change and you know when we all remember her as the spiffy you know cheerleader and now she's this dark character and it's great it's a great ascent so I, I think you could go so many great routes with the house of black yeah like i said i'm excited to see what happens with that because that's one thing that you could easily do with like just some vignettes some video packages with the house of black you show that they lost you show them having to get you know, in sync with the occult again. There's a lot of awesome ideas for that. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And then, of course, with classic, you know, Tony Storm, another very, you know, popular character right now. And I feel like they had to capitalize on it. You know, now, like you were saying, like there's so many untold stories that you can go back and revisit. You know, you have this stuff with Ruby and Soraya. You know, that's going to be fun to see how they tackle that. You know, and of course, there's probably a lot of hungry women in that division that want that title. I would even say maybe even a Chris Statlander. You build her up in a year, year and a half time. I think she could be the next, you know, women's champion or one that's, you know, a little bit down the list that could be potentially the next, you know, your next champion. Well, and that's another thing with introducing this, uh, you know, story of Maria May as like this fan of Tony Storm. You know, when she debuted on camera, she said, I'm a huge Tony Storm fan. You have so many stories. It kind of reverts back to the whole obsessed fan thing that Mickey James did with Trish Stratus back in in WWF or WWE. They had that story where you know Mickey was obsessed with Trish Stratus for a while, and it all culminated in their women's title match at WrestleMania with Mickey winning it, like from Trish. You know, so I yeah. feel like this. They may, I mean, and Maria May. If anybody hasn't watched a lot of her work. She's actually really good in the ring. She's not just a pretty face. She's really good in the ring. Um, she puts in the work. Uh, so, I mean, you could go with that route too. But And then, like I said, there's so many more people you could add to the stable of, of timeless Tony Storm, not just the Obsessed fan, not just the butler. I mean, even RJ City was getting more involved. He He's starting to become more involved in her, like, little warped world. You know what I mean? So it's like you keep adding these people, and you got stories galore in that. That's what's been a lot of fun because I've always loved the silent video packages during the commercials. I know a lot of fans have mixed you know opinions regarding that, but that's one thing that I always enjoyed seeing on a Dynamite or a Collision was it was something fresh. It was something new, and it was just a little bit of way to keep Tony on your TV, and I think they did a good job of capitalizing on that. Yeah, for sure. And I loved her little, like, during the matches when she would always look at the camera and be like, we'll be right back. Like, and they would just throw it straight to the picture in picture. And I was just like, they're just milking that. And I love it. They, 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 I know they're backstage and they're going over the scripts for the show and they're like, 
And then Tony, you say it here, and then we'll tell him, hey, go to commercial right there. Like it's it's so brilliant because they're utilizing her character in, in that fashion. And that's what I think is great. It's a different change from what we see on television with the you know the good, you know, lucha matches or the trios matches or some of the you know hardcore matches we see. Like, you know, it's a nice little break in between some of those to get something like that that's just different. Very true. And like I said, lately, it's the little things that have helped AEW. And unfortunately, now with you know with what's happened this year with some of the damage stuff, you know they've had to go on damage control. But with the little things that they're tightening down, like you know our fair one of our fair podcast, you know host Bully Ray says AEW needs to tighten some screws, and I feel like they've done a good job lately of doing that. You know, even just like last night with the main takeaways from the pay per view, I feel like they've done a great job. Yeah, there's there's still some iffy stuff yeah, within AEW that could use fixing, and it's not just backstage stuff; it's on screen stuff, you know. And I, I was reading articles about them, and I, you know, um, one of the article, one of the websites I read, even though I try to stay off the websites, but one of the websites they do, you know, three things we love, three things we hate, and then winners and losers of of this. And so one of the things that they said they hate is. AEW refereeing, um, where I can kind of see where they were coming from. Because last night watching that pay-per-view, I did notice some stuff. Uh, they did mention when Ric Flair started chopping at Christian Cage on the outside, they're saying, the ref's right there. Why didn't they just call it disqualification? In my mind, I'm thinking, well, was Christian the legal man? If he's not the legal man, then Ric Flair could hit him all he wants. Right. <laughs> At the time, Luchasaurus was the the the, uh, the legal man. So if Christian's on the outside messing with Ric Flair and he's not the legal man in the match, in pro wrestling terms, it's fine. Like in my views, that's just me growing up as a kid. Like I've seen that many a times. You know, I mean, how many times in, in old school WWE, like or you know, between the Attitude and the you know the um, uh, ruthless aggression era. Did we see referees watch guys like slam guys through tables on the outside? No disqualification. Mm -hmm. They do this all the time. Um, and then another instance was Tony Storm used like a platter plate in her butt to do the like <laughs> the little butt bump in the corner. Yeah. And it was in plain sight of Aubrey. And it's like, why didn't she call a DQ on that? Because I think what Aubrey was doing, and Tony actually was doing a good job at this too. She kept turning a little bit so that Aubrey wouldn't be able to see it hang out. Because you know, it was very hard to keep it in their wardrobe was. So, but yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of see where some of the articles reading, but yeah, you're right. I think they've done a lot better with a lot of other stuff going on with, with, uh, with backstage and all of that. And they've got the right leaders, you know, they got the right locker room leaders back there. So I think yeah. AEW is on the right trajectory when it comes to 2024. Yeah, like, I think 2024 will be a better year. I think if we could put, you know, <clears throat> putting all the drama that happened, locker room between wrestlers, putting that aside, you know, I think 2024, if AEW can get that fan, you know, love back, because the hardcore fans like you and I are still there. We're still enjoying the show day in, day out, you know, but it's just where, how do I, how do we bring people back? You know, and I think having, I was worried and I thought Connor and was going to rage quit. That's why I texted him because I was worried about who this announcement person was going to be. And I'm like, cause I don't know if you saw a spoiler review, but uh spoiler. So skip ahead 20 seconds. 
um, <laughs> from now. Um, but we had Ronda Rousey debut in ROH, and I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. I thought she was going to be the person they announced last night, but it wasn't. It was Will Ospreay. So, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. Oh no, I was gonna say, and 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 from my view, I can see where people are coming from on that, like, like Ring of Honor taping of seeing her. But my thing is, you still got eyes on your product. Like, <laughs> she might not be a hot commodity, like, a lot, but her name is still her name, and she is who she is. And like, people are saying, like, oh, they can have her, like, she's washed up. These are people that watched her in WWE. Like they were, they loved her in WWE, but then grew stale of her character. So they're like, okay, AEW can have her. She was terrible in WWE. And it's like, okay, but she's still a name. She's, it's yeah. still her. And, and I feel like now she's starting to understand the business and start to respect it a little more. And uh, although it's a little late, I think she's now starting to pay her dues because it wasn't the first show she was on. She also did a show with Marina um, at like a revolver show, I think it was. And then she did another match with them. Uh, she did another show and then she was ROH tapings. And I think what it is is also because of her free agency, she can work that schedule. And she wants to work with Marina Shafir because they're best friends. You know, they grew up doing the MMA together. So they grew doing the MMA together. So I, I don't see it as a like a bad thing to let her. But what I my understanding is that she was there on a handshake deal only. There was no contract signed. It was a handshake deal. And I think it was just for that episode. So I don't know where the further dis discussion is on that, but or if we're gonna see her more. But that's just my take on it. No worries. Um I, I loved having the thing is I've always been a huge fan of Ronda Rousey from the, her UFC days. And then now if she is coming in AEW, I'm okay with that. Like I, cause if she's going to do almost kind of similar to your fair WCW champion, Adam, you know, if she pays her dues then, and she comes in and makes up for what happened in, you know, her comments that she said and kind of an apology to fans. I think, I think this could work having her in the women's division. I don't want her to have the championship right away, of course, but there's so many stories you can tell with her. There's stuff that she could do with Maria Shavir to help her out. So, you know, I'm okay with having Ronda Rousey in, um, in AEW. Um, Mark, how you doing, buddy? Welcome hey, to so our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Hey, so I didn't, I, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I, I got you. I got you. I, I was like, uh, I was like, what's going on? I was like, what, what are we doing here? What's going on? All right, so we are so for those of you guys uh, listening at home, uh, we are recording today on a Sunday before Thanksgiving, and so we're doing a, a Thanksgiving special. So I'll ask some like just some personal questions about wrestling here shortly, um, kind of interviewing both uh, you and Adam, and then Connor is going to be on here as well very shortly. But we were just talking about the pay per view last night and kind of some of the things that happened. Um, Ronda Rousey, I thought was going to be the person announced last night but it's Will Ospreay. So, and I think having Will Ospreay officially be all elite is going to be a huge step in the right direction for AEW. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I was, I was so ecstatic to, to see that it was Will Ospreay, that he was the, uh, the announcement uh, last night. I, I cannot, I mean, uh, Lane, you know, this, uh, when we, when we said who are top three, you know, favorite wrestlers of all time. And I, 
and, and Will Ospreay was my number two. So, yeah, so seeing Will um, coming to AEW, yeah, it's like you said, it's, it's a step in the right direction. Dude, I am so freaking excited to see him come, and and I feel like he's going to – He's gonna put the yeah, like uh, take a step in the right direction, right? Because um, it seems like AEW has, uh, for some reason, uh, you know, the attendance and um, viewership numbers are down and whatnot. But I feel like Will Osprey is gonna, you know, he's gonna elevate that, right? He's gonna he, and uh, no pun intended from his uh, theme song, but I think he's gonna elevate, you know, uh, AEW coming into this new direction in 2024 and yeah i'm i'm really excited for for will um you know i, I honestly in my honest opinion i thought it was going to be mercedes um but will osprey is 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 something that i'm not going to be mad at either and we could still get mercedes right i mean we're not gonna we can't we can't uh we can't rule that out just yet so i mean it could still be Mercedes. we could still get mercedes you know at the end of the year or possibly next year um, but yeah, seeing, uh, I just, man, I cannot tell you how, how excited I am to see, well, I, uh, you know, I watched the media scrum with him and he seems like he is, you know, full go, like ready to go. And, uh, I can't wait to see what, um, how Tony books him. You know, I felt like, I felt like Will Osprey, he's going to be one of these guys that's going to, uh, he's going to have all these, he's going to provide a bunch of dream matches for us, um, uh, as the viewers, as fans, you know, the same way that I feel like every time we get Kenny Omega with someone that we haven't seen with yet, um, Will Ospreay is going to do that as well. He's going to bring in so many dream matches, uh, and it's going to be awesome to see him uh, in AEW every single week. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait for it, man. Like I'm, I'm, I am like crazy uh, ecstatic about it. I, and uh, you know, I, I was talking to Connor about it last night, and I was like, Dude, I was like awesome, like. I, like I like I said, I, I felt like it was Mercedes, but um, Will Osprey, he's gonna do wonders for AEW. I really felt that way. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with I'm, with I'm I know I'm with Mark on this one because I was just thinking about it today too about all these dream matches you can have with Will Osprey, like you were saying, Mark. Especially now, like you got guys in there that he hasn't had matches with because they were in another promotion. I mean, imagine this: Adam Edge Copeland versus will osprey like that's a dream we've now. never seen that before and and it's a dream match especially if it was like someone like and he's not in a bad a bad shape for his age and where he's at in his career but adam copeland is in great shape and he yeah. can still go i feel like him and osprey can put on a solid 25 minute match because that's how 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 great adam copeland has been with his body i mean uh so you imagine that kind of match but yeah i would mark I was okay with if it was either going to be Mercedes or Will Osprey. You know, you had these people saying, oh, it's going to be this person. It's going to be this person. And then someone wrote down in a comment, like, no matter who it is, it's going to be disappointment for AEW and their fans. I go, listen, stop. I go, we're going to be happy for whoever it is because that person wants to be in that promotion. That person wants to wrestle in that promotion. You saw it from when Tony announced that the person that they signed has so much respect and gets along with everybody backstage in the locker room. And in my mind, I thought of two people, and they were Mercedes, and it was Will. Yeah. I said, those two, I guarantee you, both of those people get along perfectly with all those talents in the backlog, like in the background, in the, in the locker room. I, I wouldn't be upset with either one of those two signing with AEW right now. 
I was still a little shocked as Will Ospreay because I know he has a contract going on with New Japan that ends in like January or February, somewhere around there. But because Tony works and AEW works so well with New Japan Wrestling, I'm sure they worked something out where they're like, listen, if, if he doesn't want to do New Japan and he wants to wrestle for us, we're cool with it. If you guys are cool with it, if he just he can sign with us and still work with you guys on a contract, you know, until it's over, and then he's officially with us after that. I'm sure they worked it out perfectly. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's what I was thinking about too. Was that you know because you know we got, we got uh, uh, Daniel Bryan going over there, uh, he's gonna wrestle Okada, you know, in January. So yeah, it, it goes to that point that they have a good relationship, right? So like they're like, yeah, we can, you know, we'll we'll let you tamper, right? But it's allowed, right? Because they're like, because we, we have such a, it's like you said. They have a good relationship, so they can talk to one another and say, "Okay, yeah, you, you know, and you know, we're giving you uh, uh, Brian Danielson, you know, uh, in January. Let me talk to Will Osprey, you know, type of deal, right? And then, uh, you know, and it gets worked out. And and I'm sure that uh, you know that's going to be. I, I think that you know, well, obviously, you know, we got we got um, New Japan and 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 AEW. You know, they do a pay per view every year, so. You know, they have a good relationship and yeah, this is just, this is just another stepping stone for them, you know, being really cool with each other. And, you know, I feel like, and, and that's, that, that, that takes, that's something for Tony Khan, right. That, that he has, right. That he has that pool, that he can do that with these guys that, you know, with new Japan, I mean, to have that relationship, to be able to pull guys and, and talk to guys and sign people. You know that just that just goes to you know Tony Khan's like character, like him being the guy that he is. You know he gets a whole bunch of shit, you know, for for being you know for whatever reasons, right? Like you know all these WWE people will freaking hate him for whatever reasons, but he has such a good relationship with everybody because he's a like I think he's a genuinely good guy. Like everybody seems like have you ever heard a wrestler talk bad about Tony Khan? Like Daniel Bryan, like he's he's out there just you know saying like how much he loves Tony Khan and, um, you know, and Daniel Bryan's up there in creative now, like setting storylines and Daniel Bryan loves that. That's why he, you know, he's going to stick around even after he retires because he has, uh, you know, he has that relationship and he knows how cool Tony Khan is that he is, he's such a, a relatable guy. Like he's not like this big, like Vince McMahon character that, Oh, you know, I need to, I need to, I need to get, uh, I have to book, I have to get a meeting with him like six months in advance to talk to him for 10 seconds. Like, no, like you, like you can approach him and he'll talk to you and he'll listen. Right. Like, that's what, like, that's what I've heard from like most wrestlers um, is that he'll listen, is that he, he'll listen to your story, listen to what you want to do. And I, I, I just can't say enough about like Tony Khan and, and the fact that, yeah, that he has that relationship with, uh, I, I forgot the, the, the owner of uh, New Japan, but he has a good relationship Gito. with him. They're able to do Gito. that. Yeah. It's Gito. Mm-hmm. Gito, yep. Yeah, but he has, like you said, but you're saying he was he has a really good relationship. You're right. Even with Scott Demore, too, because see, but Osprey's on, um, still on Impact's roster, TNA. And that's another thing, too. It's like, it, it, you look at promotions. Like I said, I have nothing against WWE. But the problem with WWE is because it's such a big corporate kilometer, like of, of a corporation, especially under that new umbrella of TKO. Like 
they have their own certain way of running things that you don't see them working co-promotions with other wrestling promotions. It'll never happen. It hasn't, it's never happened. It hasn't happened since, you know, Vince McMahon bought the company and kind of faded out, you know, all the smaller promotions. You don't see WWE. The only exception I can think of is when they asked impact, if Mickey James can come over to do the Royal rumble and impacts only thing was as long as she can still wear that impact knockouts title, that's fine. And they allowed her to do it. But since then, they really don't have a working relationship with a lot of promotions as much as Tony Khan does with both New Japan and Impact. You know, that's that's the business that I love in the, this in the, the sports entertainment pro wrestling industry is when you get promotions that work together. Um, you saw it a little bit in the 90s when Vince McMahon was willing to give ECW a chance to kind of shine on WWF programming. But you don't see much anymore, you know, and, and it's really nice to see talent cross over other promotions and actually work with people that they love working with. You know, how many interviews do we have here on this show with pro wrestlers say, you know, I'm friends with everybody. Uh, I love working with these people and, and being in the locker room here. There's no difference in the locker room. We all get along. You don't see that a lot in with WWE, like especially when the latter years under Vince McMahon, like you read articles, it's like, oh, the moral is down because nobody likes working under Vince anymore. You know, it's it's bad. He's ruining it. He's ruining the product, you know. But, you know, with, with Hunter, I, I think you may see some, maybe some opening a little bit to being open to working with other promotions. Um, but you won't see it 100% like you do in AEW with Tony and Scott Damore and Nito in New Japan. You don't see that. Like, and even with a triple a, I mean, he's got a great relationship. I mean, how many times do we see out of, of, uh, El Vikingo on, on TV, El Hio? We see him, we see all the triple a wrestlers on AEW. So he, Tony understands the business of pro wrestling. He's like, I want to give these guys shot. I mean, what about that episode where we saw sky blue wrestle Hollywood, Haley J from, from OVW. That's yeah. the respect that Al Snow gets as an owner and a, a and a trainer at a company like that in a small town in, in, in like a town in Louisville at a small place. Like Tony understands the business, and he is literally like, I don't get the hate for him, like Mark was saying, but I understand he's a little edgy, and maybe he should hold stuff in and not do too much. Like we do this better than this than this. But like, look, Tony, don't say it, just do it. Yeah. Like, you don't have to convince us or tell us, like, oh, well, WWE does this, but we do it better than them. Or, you know, you mentioned WWE on TV a lot. It's like, just do your thing. You don't have to mention any other company. Just just do your thing and, and just keep rolling. That's why I said, Lane, that I have good feelings with everything that happened at Full Gear should be set as the right path to where AEW goes for 2024. It all now relies on Tony to take that and roll with it and understand in 2024 if he sits back and think about it, he goes, I'm doing really well with this company. We're going to have a good 2024. Let me reassess what I'm doing as the owner. Like, and like Mark said, bringing in Dan, uh, uh, Daniel uh, Bryan as creative, like you're getting the help now. Now you're going to get some good stories. Now you're going to get some good matches. So just roll with that. Yeah, it's so Thanks. good. It's so good. <clears throat> have somebody like Daniel Bryan, right? Like, I mean, like, think about it. Like, Dan Ryan has been in the business for so long. He understands what stories can do because we want to see that, right? We want to see more storylines. Um, 
and, and and Tony's but Tony's so good at like making these matches, right? But then it's also to the point where we want to see some good storylines too. Like we love seeing I like I love seeing these one-off matches, but we also want to see some stories, right? I mean, that's what that's what got us into wrestling in the first place. And Tony will probably would agree with me on that. That yeah, that we gotta see some storylines. And I feel like, yeah, Daniel Bryan coming in there, he's gonna provide that, right? He's gonna know how to direct a storyline and even MJF, right? I like, uh, I've heard that MJF is, is helping out with creative as well, that he's, he's talking, you know, to Tony and to the, to the wrestlers on figuring out these, uh, these directions for, for creative stories and creating these storylines. And I, I feel like that they're, they're going in the right direction, right? Like I, I, I just, so I feel like both of them, you know, uh, MJF, Dan Bryan. I mean, I know there's other people behind the scenes as well, um, but Dan Bryan, I, I just feel like he has like this such creative mind that he knows exactly like what to do as far as like these storylines are gonna go, and that's why I'm like, that's why I'm super happy that he is in AEW because he wouldn't get that right. Like he w- he wouldn't get that in WWE. Like, but that's I think that's what kind of persuaded him to go to AEW. I'm I'm sure that you know Tony said. Hey, you know you're gonna come and wrestle, and I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go and wrestle in in New Japan. I'm gonna let you wrestle like wherever you want to, and I'm gonna and you're gonna have a hand in creative, you know. And how would you not like? And then how would you not say yes to that? You know, almost getting the same money, if not the same exact money that you were getting from eight from uh, WWE. Like, I mean, it just made perfect sense for for Dan Bryan to do that to come over here. And man, I'm I'm telling, I, I feel like. Uh, yeah, even when Daniel Bryan's done, like he's still gonna be, you know, backstage. And, and you know, he was a he was coaching Jade Cargill too. Like she she got better because he was he was out there coaching her, right? And and then and she ducked out, right? She ducked out, and now like WWE is like, wait, she's not there. like, um, you know. So he was trying to coach her up to to be a good wrestler, and she's not there yet. That's why she's not on. WWE TV yet because they're like, well, we signed her, but she's not there yet. But Daniel Bryan was getting there, like he was coaching her, and she was getting better while he was coaching her, right? Like she was, she was getting better every single week, and that's why I didn't. I mean, well, I understand like why she left, I guess. I mean, but to have somebody like Daniel Bryan coaching you every single one that, like, that's a that's your game. Like who you who who's gonna go, who coaches them in, in in that warehouse in NXT? Like who's over there coaching them? Like uh, I mean, but no, there's nobody on Daniel Bryan's level that's coaching them. And I I just felt like you could she could have done more by getting better by you know having Daniel Bryan coach her because Daniel Bryan's like one of the best in the business. I mean, can I I I just can't I can't say enough yeah. about Daniel Bryan how much I freaking love him. Uh, you know and. Such he's such an underrated signing for AEW. Very true. So um, now uh, had a great pay per view. Um, what was your guys' biggest? Uh, before we go on to our next topic for the for the night, uh, what was your biggest takeaway from the pay per view, Adam? Biggest takeaway, um, I think, for me, the one thing I can think of with biggest take takeaway is uh, moving forward with new stories. Um, obviously we get that with the women title changes, you can move stories forward. 
uh, something with the hangman and uh, Swerve story, um, you know, everyone thought, okay, well, hangman's going to win the Texas death match. He's never lost one. He, uh, you know, he'll beat Swerve. They'll be one and one. They'll have one more crazy match, and then that's it. But now you get Swerve winning two in a row. So now you could build Swerve up to maybe even challenge for the world title, even though you've got a very crowded world title picture, you know, with MJF being challenged by Joe, and then you got Wardlow attacking him, and then you got this person, the Devil Mask character, involved in the story. Um but I think from my takeaway from the pay-per-view is let's move forward with, with some good stories now and, and not overcrowd a lot of the stories. Um, it's good to get people involved in stories. It's good to get, you know, your talent on, on screen, you know, and it's good to have those three shows, you know, having Dynamite, having Rampage, and having Collision. You got three shows now you can tell stories on. Utilize that. Don't just tell them all the same story on each on every show at the same time. You know, I mean, how many times do we see Blackpool Combat Club tell the same story on Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision? Right. They're always involved in something on all three of those shows. It's like, listen, you got a very talented roster there. Start utilizing some of them. You know, start developing new stories. I mean, I still love the I still love some of the the lucha matches they have on the the AAA matches they put on. You know, the women, some of the women's matches are getting a lot better. Um, they're getting more time to put these women matches in and actually tell stories with these women matches. You know, we said it, Lane, like about that triple threat match for the TBS title. There's a story still there with Sky and Julia, you know, and Chris was kind of caught in the middle of that. You know, do they give Chris, and you said it, Lane, do they give Chris the buildup to possibly challenge for the women's title, you know, or do she win back? The TBS title, you know, but my thing is stories. My, you know, Mark said it, you know, we, we love stories in pro wrestling, but tell good stories. Just don't overcrowd them. Last night was a good start for it because you're culminating in that match between Adam Copeland and Christian. You're culminating into a story of who Sting's last match is going to be at Revolution in 2024. You're culminating in, well, MJF just beat Jay White. Who's his next challenger? Is it Joe? Is Adam Cole turning? You got that story. You know, so it's just more so progressing the stories instead of recycling everything every week on your shows and doing the same thing over and over and over. Change it up a bit. I'd like to see more character changes in a lot of people. I like to see them build up on those stories. You know, give me a reason why this person is challenging this person. Don't just push it together. Explain why these guys are in that continental tournament. Explain why, you know, do all this stuff. Ex explain it to me. I don't want to be left confused, you know? So I, I say from this, what I take away from the pay-per-view is have stories progressing forward that make sense and that are good storytelling. Give me with that with that tournament. Give me video packages. You know, every wrestler put something on YouTube. Use your socials. Give me why should I care about this individual winning the belt? So I'm I'm all for like your point where it's a huge story base now, where it feels like there's been a good shift and a good momentum. And I'm ready for Wednesday night to watch Dynamite to see what happens because of it. I may have not watched the pay per view, but from what I've seen, I'm excited. Uh, Mark, what about you? Um, with the stories that kind of left off last night from Dynamite, uh, what was your biggest takeaway from 
from the show? Man, uh, I mean, I, I mean, going off of Adam's what, what he just said, I mean, it, it, yeah, everything what Adam said was just like right on point. Like I, I can't, I can't say enough. Like how much I just want to reiterate what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was perfect. Like yes, like let's get more stories and but but like I said the right stories. I just I can't say that enough. And I, I'll just say um, what Hangman and Swerve did. What they're doing, what they did between their promos and that match last night was freaking incredible. What 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 Swerve did, I mean, I cannot tell you enough how much that was. And I said this uh, on the prediction show was this was a this was that was a match that I was that was I was looking forward to, and that it was going to be like the the steal of the of the show, right? Like it was gonna it was gonna be the standout of the show, and. It was everything that I predicted. Like I said that it was going to be like, it was one thing that I was looking forward to and that I felt like it was going to steal the show. And it absolutely did that. So for me, um, it, it was Swerve. I, I just feel like Swerve has just like taken over and he has just cemented himself as a main event talent. You know, the fact, and, I, and I've said this before that Hangman, and Swerve doing this, and they had they had all of our attention and doing this without a title, right? They're doing this without a title. That's what main eventers do. That's what you can do when you when you main, when you are a main event talent. You can elevate yourself to be that top dog without a belt. When you can do that without a belt, without you know mentioning any type of title, and they do what they did, like that's that's what. That's what main eventers do. Like you could, you know, that's, I mean, I can't go on the, they're not going to be on the, you know, Stone Cold Rock level, but that's what Stone Cold and Rock could do, right? Like they didn't need a title. If they fought, like you wanted, you know, you were interested in the promos, you were interested in the match. Like it was everything and you didn't need a belt. But most of the time they were fighting for the belt. But this is what I felt like Swerve and, and, and Hangman did. They just, they, I felt like they, they elevated themselves, but I mean, but to the point where, yeah, like they were just, you can just tell like this is main event shit. Like, I mean, Swerve has now put himself in that main event stratus. Like everybody has been saying that he needed the push, but I felt like this match last night, and this is what I'm going to say is what I took away from it is that Swerve is, he cemented himself as a main event star last night. Him being so freaking bloodied, uh, and he stapled himself. He literally got a freaking staple gun and stapled himself. And I was watching it this morning where they were pulling out the staples from his body. Like, that is in freaking insane. And I, I, I just can't say enough how much uh, Swerve, to me, stole the show last night. Like, he, he did what I thought he could do. And to me, like, I, I feel like, yes, going forward, like, I mean... Well, to take away from what I, uh, from watching the show last night, was that Swerve was the main event. Like he and Hangman just tore the house down. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, that that's my takeaway. Is that Swerve is the man. Like he and he is going to get that push, and I cannot wait for that in twenty twenty four because he's going to be that guy going in twenty twenty four. You know, and a lot of people right now are talking on socials that. This could be his kicking off point to winning the world championship. 
Yeah. You know, you defeated one of the you know biggest babyface world champions we've had in the history of the company. So this could be his kicking off point. So that's one that I've gathered from it. And the other thing that I'm very curious to see what's going to happen is what's going to happen between the elite and the golden, you know, the whole golden jet, you know, storyline. Um, Cause I know Adam, were talking off, you know, talking off air about how, how good the young bucks are being heels. Does Kenny turn on Jericho? Like how long is the golden elite or the golden jets going to last? And then we go back to the elite and do the golden elite. So there's a lot of curiosity and fun stories. I think that are going to come out of this pay-per-view. And unfortunately we are pre-recording this. We haven't seen what happened um, yesterday on dynamite, but it makes me really excited to watch, see what happens um, on Wednesday for sure. Yeah. And I was going to follow up with Mark on that swerve page match. Uh, That this is in my top three matches from last night. Uh, it was by far probably one of the best hardcore slash death matches I've ever seen. And I don't like death matches. I love hardcore matches, and that combined both of them, but it also intertwined storytelling. And I freaking loved – I loved that both men put their their heart and soul in that match. I mean, yeah. obviously, you've seen Rick, uh, our, um, Swerve do matches like that before in Lucha Underground. He, he's done, you know, matches like that hardcore in, in Lucha Underground as kill shot. And him and pa- and then you've seen Paige do so many Texas death matches that you're like, both of these guys with their what they both do with those matches, they will put on a show and it was really good. It was bloody. There was storytelling. There was emotion there because not a single person in that crowd was sitting during that entire match. Everyone was standing. You couldn't sit. You had to watch. You were on your feet. Um, two, this I do see propel swerve into possibly winning a singles title in 2024. Don't know if it's the world title, but I can see him as a TNT champ, international champion i can see him as the continental champion i can see him win an individual or so a title a singles belt next year um and actually i'd love to see him revisit that story with keith lee because that story was going somewhere and they killed it and it shot down and then three on that match that story and that match and that rivalry might be the best one hangman page has been in in a long time and i'm saying that even more so than his and Kenny Omega's story. I, I, I think it trumps his and Kenny Omega's story arc of when he took the title from Kenny. I think this one beats it because there's so much layer. And a lot of people wanted to see something different from Paige. You know, they wanted to see something different from Hangman Page. Uh, they didn't want to technically see him get, you know, re-vaulted into the world title picture because there's so much stuff crowded in that picture already. But this was just such a good story for Hangman Page. I mean, it it really dig deep because you look at the stories and the promos of Swerve and Prince Nana invading his home. You know, his personal life is being brought into this. You know, obviously his life was brought into a lot of promos, but you never saw people invade his house. You never saw him question his manhood, what happened to him as a talent. Swerve's character really brought the best out of Hangman Page in this storyline. And I honestly think they go one more match because I think there's so much more story to it if they do one more match. Unless they say, they're saying, well, this is going to suck. If they do one more match and Page beats Swerve, what was the point of Swerve's first two wins? You know, we talk about booking on these shows and people talk about 50-50 booking. 
And if Page would have won last night, that's 50-50 booking. But because Swerve won and nobody thought he was going to win it because Page never loses Texas death matches. But when Swerve won, even I was sitting there going, wow. I go, they they let Swerve go 2-0 and on Hangman Page right now. I said, there's something with Swerve that, you know, he's supposed to be a heel, yet I'm loving the shit out of his character right now. So, no, I mean... And- and and I said this too, Adam. Was that you know, uh, you know, I well, I predicted that Hangman was going to win, right? And it was going to be one one, and then they were going to do the you know, the the next the third one, you know, at at World's End. I didn't I did not see Swerve winning this match, but I also said that this is this is just the beginning for Swerve and Hangman. The the them this is going to go on for a really long time. And I cannot wait for one of them to have a title. And this is if we're gonna we're gonna come back to this. I don't know if it's gonna be, you know, 2024, 2025. I'm not too sure, but this is this is they're gonna come back to one another. Like I feel like this is Batman and Joker, right? Like this is that like they're gonna come back. They're like they're gonna. I feel like they're destined to do this for a really long time, right? When, you know, mm-hmm. said, we're destined to do this forever. I feel like this is what they are. Like th- these, they just click with one another. Their promos, you know, the home invasion, like you said, the home invasion, and then Hangman's promo, you know, calling out Hangman and telling him that his fiance left him and his kids don't talk to him. Like, oh my God, like that, that, and you could just see like swerve, like, like his <laughs> eyes were just like fireballs. Like he wanted to kill, Hangman, you know, calling him out on that. And, and he got, you know, what he wanted to do, you know, last night. And like I said, I just feel like these guys are going to do this for like a really long time. Like this is, this is just the beginning for them. Like he said, they're going to do another match. No, they're going to do several more. Like this is, this is going to be something that's going to go on for a really long time. And I cannot wait because, I, and I feel like it's going to be once one of them wins a title and then it's going to come back um, and they're going to get back into this whole thing that they were doing because, you cannot, you cannot just ditch this. I mean, you're gonna, you can ditch this right now, but oh, <laughs> I guess Mark's ditching the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, My bad, guys. Uh, yeah. So you can, uh, you, you can, uh, you can ditch this right now, but, uh, but like I said, this is something that's gonna go on uh, for many, many months to come. I mean, I feel like these guys are just. They clicked so well, like these promos, the 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 home invasion thing, like everything. And 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 they, and then they're so good in the ring together as well. Like you cannot knock that as well because they, they, uh, they are so like, man, I can't even. I I'm trying to figure out like intertwined, right? Like they're so like I feel like they're so connected, each one of them. Like they can just like because like you said, Adam, like not even. Uh, Hangman's thing with 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 Kenny was I I, I won't even I'll, I'll say this it wasn't even nearly as good as what he's been doing with Swerve and I don't know if it's Swerve or or what but there's just something about them that that I, I, I just I freaking love that I cannot get enough of what they're doing and yeah I mean uh, Hangman had said that this was that that yesterday was supposed to be the be all end all for that feud right but i mean that was thinking that he was gonna win and he was thinking that so if he loses i mean so since he lost 
maybe this is maybe it'll continue. Maybe they do another one um, at at World's End. I mean, I don't know, but I I know that this can't be the be all end all of this story. Uh, this is going to continue. I know they they have to continue this um, in some way or another. If it's not now, it might be a little bit later on, but they will continue the story. I, I they have to. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Swerve and Hangman. If you continue that going together, um, even if they say if that was the last match, the, that was the end of their feud, you have a, probably the biggest heel in wrestling right now, besides Roman Reigns. Like, I feel like Swerve has taken that mantle that MJF had, you know, last year and the year before. <clears throat> so having that and then having Hangman be you know, having him be, you know, back to his baby face level. Like, I feel like he got reheated and brought back up to where he was with Kenny. You know, this, like, this brought out the best in both stars. It brought the worst in Swerve and brought out the best in Hangman. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Great pay-per-view for sure. I cannot wait to go actually and watch it because everything that I've seen, clips and reports, it looked like it was an awesome good time. All right, guys. So we're going to do a little fun Thanksgiving part of our episode now. We're going to do a special, okay? <clears throat> so I'm gonna, we're going to each kind of go through, kind of share some of our personal feelings with wrestling from our past to some of the things that ha- – how it helped us get out of some terrible things in life and then where wrestling is at today and why we're thankful for it. So, um, Adam, when you first started wrestling, um, what wrestler – and match or combination got you into wrestling? What made you love the sport of professional wrestling to where it grew into the person you are today? Um, man, that's, that's a good question. Uh, cause I grew up in crazy time of wrestling. Cause it was like Monday night wars. It was the rise of ECW. Uh, there's just so much fun wrestling to watch. I, I I wouldn't say there's like one specific wrestler that kind of got me for the love of wrestling. I mean, obviously everyone growing up in the eighties, nineties had the Hulk, Hulk Hogan and all this stuff. And you know, the Bret Hart's and the Shawn Michaels. Um, obviously everyone knows my favorite mid card wrestler was Owen Hart. Um, but there was, there's just something about just, again, we bring it back to its stories. It was just, the characters kind of connected with me. I'm like these, I I knew at the time that for me as a kid, they felt real to me as I got older and realized it's scripted. I'm like, it's fine. Cause it's, it's still fun to watch. And it's, it's something that takes you away from reality. Um, kind of like something you can enjoy it. You could have be having the worst day. If you go home and watch like a, a, a wrestling show, pro wrestling show, and you watch how, beyond bonkers this whole stuff is whether it be like crazy matches or like crazy characters you're just like oh man this is funny like i can't be down anymore like that that was me growing up as a kid i just you know in in my young days even in my teens like i enjoyed some of the pro wrestling like i said i stopped watching for a while but even then like watching pro wrestling as a a growing up as a kid like i just like and and for me all it was for me growing up was sports um school um like fun holidays family and then pro wrestling a little bit like games like that was me growing up like i had i was a nerd growing up with all that (laughs) stuff so with pro wrestling growing up as a kid like it was great because you got to see the 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 um 
um, I can't even think of the word. You got to see the product. Thank you. I uh, thought of the P word. Uh, you saw the product kind of grow over the years uh, growing up. Um, you know, I got to see the Monday Night Wars and rise of ECW to, you know, the closure of two companies and WWE becoming this global thing to Impact doing TNA stuff to AEW becoming something. Like, I got to see different wrestlers come and go. Uh, you know, you, you, you hear headlines or see news or even see it in view of pro wrestlers passing away, you know, pro wrestlers having kids, pro wrestlers getting married. Like, you're just like, these are actual real people. Like, they have the same lives as the rest of us. You know, they come on TV and they entertain us. Um, so it, it's just a nice little thing. So I wouldn't say per se to answer your questions. There's not one match, one wrestler one promotion that kind of like changed me. It's the whole product as a view because I, I grew up wrestling, doing amateur wrestling and actually junior, uh, junior high, my eighth grade year, you know, eighth grade year, our class, we do like all the votes, like most likely to be a business person, most likely to be a firefighter, most likely to, you know, run a something, you know, my whole school, my whole class voted me because they knew I was a wrestler and I was into wrestling. They voted me most likely to become a pro wrestler. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was it was really funny. And because, you know, me and my friends, like, we were into pro wrestling. We would stay up late. We'd watch the pay-per-views. I'd beg my mom to order them for me. I'd watch the Raws. I'd watch the SmackDowns. I'd watch the ECWs. I, I, I mean, I grew up on it. I'm a nerd, you know. But I think that's why I have so much knowledge of it is because I'm a nerd and I love the history of it because it's such an interesting history of, of the sport. Because we talk about golden ages of wrestling, like the 50s, 40s, and 50s. And, you know, then you get the character-driven stuff in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And then you get all these different style of, you know, like promotions, you know. So, yeah, so that pretty much answers the question is that it's not that it's just the overall product of professional wrestling that kind of just intrigued me. You know, and that's one thing that as you as an individual grow – you know, you also see like your favorite wrestlers, your favorite you know promotion. You also see that grow and establish, and you see you know see that change as you're changing too. You know, I know for me, like I didn't start watching wrestling until I was a teenager. You know, I was in middle school at the time when I started watching wrestling, and to see you know some, how some of these wrestlers would be put through the absolute ringer, and to see how they would handle the situations made me realize. You know, yeah, I know that this is all, you know, they all know the outcome to who's going to win the match, but it all became part of like, hey, like it's more of a story. Became of the moment, came fun, was sad. It was, there were so many emotions going into it that made, you know, going through puberty and going through being bullied and (laughs) and depression. Like it literally was a great way to, you know, I, how I changed was because of professional wrestling it made me like say hey like i should look at maybe approaching my you know situations in a different way because that's how some of the wrestlers did it uh, mark for you uh, what was your experience with wrestling you know what you know with getting into it and then kind of how it helped you grow like wait where how did that like how did that all start for you yeah so i so i'll tell you uh so my dad um so my parents my parents loved wrestling so this was so this was really good. Uh, my parent, my mom, was a huge fan of the Von Erichs. Um, 
and she would talk about them all the time and she would, she would usually cry when she talked about them but uh she loved the von erics the von erics were actually how she got into well how my dad got her into wrestling so she talks about this story a lot how my dad loved wrestling right and then my dad would like watch it on tv and then my mom she was like i, I she was like i don't get it i don't like it i don't like it watching it I, I i don't like watching it and my dad said i'm gonna take you to a live show so then she got so she he took my mom to a live show and they got to see the von erics uh here in my hometown they took and she fell in love with wrestling and the von erics um and so they loved wrestling so they they loved wrestling and that's how i got into wrestling as a kid um I'll just say this. Uh, my, so my dad uh, was got like this illegal box, and we were got we got to see like all the pay per views, right? Like uh, there were some illegal channels. I'll just say, you know, and uh, and so I got to watch all the pay per views, and I think that was like the main thing was like being able to watch pay per views. And I think um, the first person, uh, I think my first wrestler that I fell in love with was Shawn Michaels, um, and. I, I will tell you this. As a kid, when he beat Bret Hart, I think it was in '97. I, I'm not too sure which uh, which one it was, but it was that one where he came down off of the the, the streamline. Um, when he, and, and I think it was that one that he beat uh, he beat Bret Hart for the title, and I cried. I'm gonna tell you this. I I, I legit freaking <laughs> cried when he won. I was so happy that he won. And I think he was the one that made me fall in love with wrestling and I, I was hooked, right? Like at that point, like I just, I could not get enough of, of wrestling. And then this happened and this was kind of the transition of, you know, the Monday Night Wars that was going on. Like that was my childhood, like to where I was going, watching, um, watching Monday Night Raw and then, but still watching Nitro. And I was like trying to figure out because Nitro was live, right? And then Raw was taped. And yeah, I don't know if you remember that Raw, I mean, the Nitro was was doing spoilers for freaking Raw. Uh, <laughs> they were saying like, oh, you know, you're going to watch Money in a Raw. Well, you know, I could tell you who, was, I forgot who was saying that, uh, who, was, uh, who was saying that who won, you know, the main event or whatever. And it was just like, what the hell? Like, you know, I, I, and, and then, and then the thing that happened with, uh, with Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash, when they left WWE and they showed up on Nitro, that was like the coolest thing for me. And uh, when when Hogan turned, like I'm telling you, like that was like probably the highlight of my childhood <laughs> was that because I loved it. I loved every second of it. Like watching that stuff as a kid, like that that it just blew my mind. I love, uh, and I think that's that till this day, right? Like I feel like. I would love to see some more of that. Some of these characters, you know, nowadays we don't get so many, we don't get many surprises, right? Because of uh, all these journalists or whatever and uh, Twitter that you pretty much can see everything that happens before it happens, which kind of sucks because it kind of spoils the surprises. But yeah, but doing, I mean, uh, that, seeing all that, like that, that was my thing. Like that's what I love to watch. And, and I just wanted to watch wrestling like that was my thing like i just wanted to watch wrestling i don't i don't know how much it shaped my childhood or 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 my adulthood but like i said like i'm still a fucking nerd about it like i am i'm still a nerd about it obviously and and aew was the one that got me like that because 
I, I ducked out. I ducked out um, for a good, like, I don't know, probably 10 years, maybe maybe eight or eight to 10 years, I think I ducked out of watching wrestling when it was just WWE. And it just kind of got stale and boring. I wasn't interested. Um, and I think that was like in, I don't know, 2009, maybe 2008, where I just stopped watching. Um, you know, I had, I don't know, I guess, I don't want to say I had a life, but <laughs> but I just I just felt like I didn't I didn't need to watch wrestling anymore. I just I just kind of got stale of it, and uh, it wasn't until like eight when I heard about AEW, um, I felt like it was something new, right, something different, and that's when I started, and that's when I got right back into it uh, when they when they started. I was so interested in in AEW and um, and a new style of wrestling, right, because. Yeah, because I, I just felt like it was just too much talking with WWE that you weren't seeing wrestling. Like, I, I mean, I know that back then um, there was good storylines, right? I mean, there was always The Rock and, and, and Stone Cold. They were talking crap to each other. But there, but there was good wrestling. There was good wrestling. And I right. felt like at some point in time, it got lost in transition there. There was a, there was a point in time where it just, I didn't feel it. Right, like I just, I just didn't feel it anymore as a fan, and, and I loved wrestling. Like I, like I tell you, like I mean, I, when I was watching as a kid, I loved wrestling, and 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 I never lost it. I never, I never lost my love of wrestling. I always loved wrestling. I just didn't love what the product was at the time, and I think I was just begging for something different. And I think that's what AEW did for me. They brought something different, and I couldn't tell you enough how much. I loved what they brought into the into the wrestling world, and that's why I'm a I'm a, I'm an AEW lifer, man. Like I'm gonna love AEW till the day I die. Like I'm not I'm not going anywhere. Uh, this this is I'm always gonna watch it. I don't care what anybody says. The, this product could they could go and have zero viewers on whatever they they on the Nelson view the the Nelson viewership thing. I'm still gonna watch it. I'll be the one viewer if, if there's no viewers. Like I like I'm I'm a I'm an AEW lifer, uh, just because of what they did for me as a grown up, right? Because as a grown man, like they they got me back into they hooked me back in when I thought that I was done with it. Like I was like I'm not gonna watch this shit, you know? Because uh, I mean, you know, there's girls and stuff, and you you know you have to like be dating a girl for a while before you can tell her. I like to watch wrestling, you know, you don't, you don't ever like put that shit out like right away. Like you have to be like, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm doing something on, on Monday or Friday nights. Right. Uh, and you couldn't tell her that you were into wrestling because, you know, she might not ever talk to you ever again. Cause she's like, you're a fucking wrestling nerd, but I am. Right. And so we have to, I had to like, like tiptoe around that stuff where I would like eventually make them fall in love with me. And then I'd be like, Oh hey, by the way, I love wrestling. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I mean that—that's why, I, I, yeah, that's my—that's my little storyline of uh, wrestling and and where I'm at now, I guess. So yeah, to go yeah. off of what, yeah, going off what Mark said, two things from what he brought up was, um, I mean, I remember when he's when he's saying about back then they had good matches. I mean, if you think back to the old days, Mark, like, and even Lane, maybe if you've watched some old matches. Have you ever noticed a lot of the men's matches in old school, like WWF, WC, well, more so the old school, like Attitude Era WF, matches were going 20 to 30 minutes. 
And then they have a lot of Iron Man matches. Those were huge, the hour matches. You don't see that a lot in a lot of pro wrestling anymore. No. Like they'll have them occasionally. Now they're known as gimmicky matches. Now they're just matches that they just put on there. You know, and then back then you look at the women's wrestling when the when you know the the divas or whatever the good looking women were coming up, their matches were like nightgown matches, brown pants, and then when they got on the divas age, their matches are like five, ten minutes, barely. Um, now women's wrestling is getting a chance. Now you got many women promotion back, you know, uh wrestling promotions out there. You know, and it all stems from Glow. Glow was the the one that kind of launched it all was women promotions, you know. And so I think you saw big growth in that, too. And then, too, like he said, with the whole journalism thing and everything like that today, the one thing I will take positively from positively from uh, like like wrestling websites and all that are live updates, because nowadays you got people who are like, I can't watch the show, but I want to know what's going mm -hmm. on. They do it the same thing in other sports, you know, they'll uh, like ESPN, they'll update you on, on stuff like the draft. They'll tell you, Hey, this is going on in the draft. If you can't watch the NFL draft or the NBA draft, you know, like the, the, Hey, this is the next pick. This is what they need. Like, and the, they'll write in like, like this team picks this, this is the takeaway from this player. That That's what wrestling websites are doing now. Like if you can't watch the show, like last night on the pay-per-view, if you can't watch it, websites will have updates. Like they'll give you the, the whole match detail and they'll tell you who wins they'll tell you segments so i will say that's the only positive thing i will take away from pro wrestling websites and these journalists today is that they'll still keep you updated on on shows when they're actually happening live updates which is the good thing because back then you didn't have a lot of those guys the only really writer you had back there was Meltzer. uh dave Meltzer was literally the only like big time journalist back in the early days of pro wrestling and now he's just the most hated journalist in the world in pro wrestling. So, um, but, but like that, I, I fully understand where Mark was coming on for those two points. So I just wanted to tail off on that. No, that was, be that was beautiful. Both the eyes, like, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm so sorry. That was very beautiful guys. You know, and I'm looking at it now. It's like <clears throat> looking at my future wife, right. Using her, her as an example. So she never watched wrestling, could not get into it. When I told her, hey, you know, I'm watching wrestling tonight. You know, I'm sorry we can't hang out. She's like, oh, I want to watch. I'm like, okay, sure, come on over. And then as she started seeing, hey, that who's who's this Cody Rhodes guy? And then, like, looking him up on, you know, Instagram and seeing, oh, he's got a cute dog. And next thing you know, she's, you know, falling in love with Preston Vance, you know, when he was in Dark Order. And just the – she started getting – finding her own ways why she loved wrestling. And, you know, fortunately, my family, like, I don't, my whole family – I'm pretty much the only one that likes wrestling. It's me and my fiance now. My little brother watched it for a stint, but then never got into it like I did. And with AEW, I was almost about to give up on wrestling. If it wasn't for AEW and the independent scene, I probably would have given up on it. But now I'm looking at it. You know, AEW has brought me some great friends in my life, both Adam, Mark, Connor, and the rest of the AEW gang. Like, they all mean something special to me. We're not just podcast hosts. We're friends. Like, we talk hours and hours just on wrestling in a group chat or, you know, talking on and off air. You know, we have a great relationship with that. You know, going to the shows, how many people have we met that love and are very enthusiastic? You know, it makes me, you know, ignore all the hate for that's online, whether for both companies. I, like I said, to see how wrestling has brings people together. 
you don't see that a lot with a lot of fandoms. Yeah, man. I, no, I, no. I, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's so true. I mean, uh, yeah, because I, I mean, I, I was just thinking about it. Like, I, I was thinking about it last night. How they, your point to where we're friends, man. Like we, like you know, I, I can, I can text you guys. I can, you know, message you whenever I want. You know, and because yeah, because to your point, we we could we're we talk hours on hours on end about wrestling. Like, imagine if we were just hanging out and had, you know, went to go have drinks and have dinner, right? We can just, and we could just shoot the shit. And we, we, we can always do like something where we can talk like just about like life and shit, right? Like, like, like that's why like you guys, yeah. Like to your point, Lane, like we're, we're friends. Like I, I consider you guys my friends. I like, uh, again, I was just thinking about it. How, yes, like you guys are my friends. Like I, I, I and it's so cool because we have this relationship with wrestling, right? And it's it's something that's not so subtle, right? Like like wrestling is something that it's it's not few and far between, but it is something that's it's a it's a deeper delve into like our personal lives and 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 you know what we truly like and for us to be able to talk about this stuff because we're not we're we're not um casual viewers right we're, we're we're actual like hardcore freaking fans and when you have when you're like that with other um with my other co-host that you guys are like that's something that's really uh deep and personal like i said you know i like you couldn't like i couldn't tell a girl that i was dating like right away like i like to watch wrestling you know i would save that shit for like you know six months or a year in right like i'm gonna make sure she falls in love with me before i tell her that shit yeah so you know so that's that's like really deep and personal and man i i lane i can't tell you enough like how cool that is that uh that your fiance you know that she's that she's into it and she, i remember she was on the she kind of like was on one of the podcasts uh the one time that she kind of yeah. And it was awesome. I I was like, man, I was like, she needs to be. I think I told you, like, she needs to be on more. Like, we need to get her on the show, you know, more often. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's a work I, in progress. I'm trying. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, the, the, the female, uh, I want, um, you know, the female uh, perspective is always going to be great uh, to have because uh, I love, you know, hearing that, you know, hearing that female perspective of not only wrestling in general but also the women's wrestling right because i mean as guys we all, we have this certain perspective and and whatnot but uh but yeah but now having that people and i loved when she was on the show like it was it was so cool because she had she had she had these different ideas she had different views and it was like yeah you're you're, you're kind of like stepping outside of the box with that and uh but yeah but i just i i love that we, we are like we are a group when we are to me like we're really good friends like i i i i love every one of you guys because i feel like y'all bring a certain joy in my life talking about this stuff because you know we uh you know shit gets dark and 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 personal you know to where you know shit that we don't want to talk about right and like this and i and i've told connor this that i'm so happy to be a part of this group because this is the one part of my life that where I get to just talk about something that I love, right? Like I get to talk about cool shit. I get to talk about wrestling, whether it's uh, old, 
you know, WWE, WWF stuff, and then, you know, doing live reactions for AEW. But I get to talk about it with people that enjoy it the same way I do. And it's a very, it, 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 it's so cool, man. Like, I, I just, I, I love it. Like, I, I, and I, I can't tell y'all enough how much I, I, I respect every single one of y'all and every single one of y'all's views. And yes, I, I cannot wait. I'm, I'm hoping that one day, right, ho- one day we all get to sit down and just hang out and drink some beers together and eat some chicken wings. I'm just, I'm just, I, I, that's, that would be my dream. Like if I won the lottery, like I would say, <laughs> I'm going to fly everybody out and we're going to, um, I would fly every single one of y'all to like Vegas or something and we're just going to go and hang out and go bar hopping and eat wings and drink beer and just shoot the shit and and talk wrestling and not even and and talk about just you know regular stuff like that would be my dream you know it's funny because lane you know my perspective on the on the whole wrestling community and 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 it's so funny because it's like when you go to these wrestling conventions you notice it doesn't matter what promotion these wrestlers came from they're all hanging out with each other because they they love what they're doing they love the 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 product they're putting out, you know, and, and there's no toxicity amongst them. You know, is there drama amongst them? Maybe there's some wrestlers out there that do cause drama. There's some wrestlers out there that it's all about them. But when you get them in a convention room, like I, I'm like this, like the other day I saw a picture. It was one of these convention shows. It was Rhea Ripley with her world title, a uh, women's title and Trinity with the impact title. They're just talking. Like there's no nothing going on. There's no arguments. They're just smiling. They're hanging out. Like it doesn't matter. It's like you meet people through something that you love. Like I met you guys through this, and this literally is the the one of the best parts of my days when I come on and talk to all you guys and do the podcast and talk to you guys in Messenger. And like you guys said, it doesn't have to just be wrestling. It could be other stuff. It could be about movies. It could be about music. You know, like we talk about the Iron Claw movie coming out. We're all excited for that. It, you know, we talk about like, like um, other stuff, like sports. People talk, bring other sports up. You know, we someone brings up football in the chat. We'll talk about it. You know, it's it it's just that group. You know, and we all have that where we've got this group to us. But I'm sure a lot of us have another group of friends on the outside world of professional wrestling where we do other stuff with when we talk about. You know, I got you guys. I've got my bowling friends, you know, I got my charity friends. I've got, I've got so many people around the, the, the world that I know that I'm friends with and I'm cool with all of it. You know, it's, and, and it's funny because we, we bring up the idea of like, as rest, pro wrestling fans, how people view us. And it starts with us. Honestly, it starts with us as pro wrestling fans to let's give the world a different perspective of like, the terms come up neck neck breathers uh marks all this stuff you know like uh you know toxicity it's like listen we're just people that love this product regardless if it's good or bad we're still going to watch it cuz we want we want to be entertained yeah. you know i mean the the funny part is you know you we bring it up like when, when i i when i started watching it with with my girl like like i told her i said hey I'm into this, by the way. Are you okay if I watch it? Like, like <laughs> I don't care, you know. And she she goes, I don't care, you know. Like, she knows this is something I like, you know. She knows I love this stuff, 
you know, and she knows a little bit about it too. So it's like, it's crazy, you know, so she knows a little bit about pro wrestling, you know, and I, I always love telling the story, but when we were watching an AEW show on TV, I think it was a dynamite, the Luchasaurus was on TV and she was looking, she goes, I recognize those tattoos on them. And she pulled up the phone and she realized it was the guy who was in big brother. Cause she used to watch big brother. And he was a competitor on one of the epi- uh, one of the seasons of Big Brother, Luchasaurus. So she's like, "That's who I know I'm from." And so I was like, "It was really funny because, yeah, some of those people that do pro wrestling did other stuff too. They do other stuff. They do other like they do music stuff. They do movies. They do television. They do a lot of other stuff. I mean, I mean, someone like you know Liv Morgan in WWE guest guest starred on an episode of Chucky. Like like they do other media stuff, media shows." So it's like they also do other stuff. Like they don't just do pro wrestling. Just like us as fans, we don't just do pro wrestling. We like other stuff. We like other sports. You know, we work. Like we have, we do jobs. Like we have normal lives. It just, this is a part of our lives that we love being involved in and we meet more people in it. And I don't understand the toxicity of a lot of the pro wrestling fans of choosing one promotion over another. When really, we all love the same thing. It's pro wrestling. Regardless if you love the old classical stuff like from the 80s or you know all the crazy high-end crash TV stuff you saw in the 90s to some of the, the rise of PG between 2000 and 2015 mm-hmm. or whether it's other promotions like, like a Lucha Underground, like a AAA, like an M- MLW, like like a women's thing like, like WOW or like Shimmer or AEW, or WWE, Impact, it doesn't matter. We're all in a community where why are we mean to each other when we don't need to be? Is, is it because we have that that feeling of, like, this is mine, like, this is what I like, and if you don't like it, you're in the wrong? It's the same thing in a lot of other subjects, and I don't I don't want to bring those up, but a lot of people know what I'm talking about. It's, a, it's the same in a lot of subjects in the real world because – Everyone's going to have their view or opinion on something, and you can't change someone's opinion on something. It's their opinion, and you can't change that no matter how hard you try. You can only respect it. And so I feel that's the same with pro wrestling is everyone's going to have their own opinion on a product. Doesn't mean they're right. Doesn't mean they're wrong. It's just their opinion. Just be respectful about it, and don't call them out. Don't call them names. Like, don't bring personal stuff in. I, I hate reading boards where people say something about a product and someone says, oh, your mother, like, teach you that or something. like. It's like, dude, you don't have to bring people's families into, into a conversation like that. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's just toxic. And it is the one thing that I hate sometimes about fans of anything, whether it's sports, whether it's pro wrestling, whether it's music. Listen, I don't like Taylor Swift. I don't like her music. I don't mind her as a person. She's a human being still. I just don't like her music. But it's like, oh, you're oh, you're so wrong. Oh, you're a terrible person. Why am I a terrible person? Because I just don't prefer her music. I'd rather listen, I'd rather listen to Ice Nine Kills than Taylor Swift. I'm sorry, that's just my taste. Um, but and that's it. If everyone's got a different taste, just be respectful about it. You know, some people still listen to Justin Bieber. I thought he went back to Canada and disappeared, but he's still around. Uh, but but that's just my take on it. Is it's like I'm I, before I was like I'm very like like because I, I you know I'm I'm very defensive sometimes and I get angry sometimes. But it's like I gotta start learning to be like you know what 
just chill. You don't have to overthink stuff. You don't have to get angry about stuff. Like, it is part of nature, of human nature, to be angry about stuff. But be angry about the right stuff. Yes. You know, like, 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 if I'm playing a game of like cornhole and I miss the hole, I'm not gonna be like, mother, mother I'm like, oh, well, I missed. Okay, cool, move on. Like, it's, you know, so I do the same thing with bowling. With bowling, I do the same thing. If I screw up in bowling, I get mad at myself. I'm like, why am I getting mad? I'm, I'm not that great of a bowler to begin with. I just need to take my time with it and just have fun. You know, so, but it's the same with pro wrestling fans. It's every fan base. They're going to have those toxic people that are like, they just want to start stuff. It's like, listen, just be happy with your product. Be happy that things are, are, are striving right now or thriving right now for you, for your, for your promotion that you're a fan of. If you want to watch other stuff, by all means, watch other stuff. If you don't like it, you don't like it. It's fine. You know, like Mark said, like AEW, like their product. Uh, it's just more preferable for me right now too. Like mm -hmm. as much as I, I, I appreciate what WWE is trying to do with their product right now, especially under creative now with Hunter, I understand where they're going with it. They're getting more business in other countries. Good for them. You know, they just announced that they're doing a show in France, which good for them. They're, you know, expanding mm -hmm. to other countries. So happy for them. Um, you know, with AEW, they just signed Will Ospreay. Happy for them. They're going to go back to Wembley next year. Happy for them. Like, I'm not going to say anything negative about any promotion that's thriving yeah. right now. You know, I just prefer to watch AEW. I'll still follow results for WWE and see what they're doing, you know, but it, it, it just, the toxicity, it's just too much for me. And I, especially, especially on today, like today's day, like Thanksgiving and giving thanks and being nice with everybody. Maybe you should give thanks that we still have pro wrestling today. <laughs> like Yo, it has amen, lasted. Brother. Yeah, it has it has lasted for so long. It is, I mean, it it's it, it, for me, it's like the same thing with amateur wrestling. Because amateur wrestling, a lot of if a lot of people know or don't know, started way back in ancient Greece, like the in the Athens, like in that old era, like where they would where they would wrestle in coliseums in front of crowds. They would only do it in like cloth, like the, you could see their little, you know, <laughs> but, but how it, it, it evolves. It's the same thing with anything, especially pro wrestling. It evolves and it's still going, you know, some, some last longer than others, you know, promotions, but it's still there to its core there. It's still there. There's still fans of, uh, of certain stuff in pro wrestling that's still there today. And I think a lot of people have lost base on that. And you know what? And there's still the individuals like going to, you know, all the events, whether it's con or if it's <clears throat> or if it's just going to a wrestling event, whether it's indies or AEW or WWE, people are still going there to have a good time and enjoy wrestling. And you know what? That's one thing that I'm always thankful for every year is professional wrestling. You know, we have stories, we have great strengths being you know shown day in day out we have characters being flushed out and then we also go back to a simpler time when we were kids you know growing up on wrestling you know and i feel like now it's like maybe people should forget about all the tribalisms and the hate and let's just enjoy wrestling you know i'm if i don't like wwe you know what yeah i give my criticisms for wwe but i'm not wishing for wwe to go out of business for hunter to die for tony khan to die i don't wish aw out of business i want aw impact tna I want everybody to succeed. I want everybody to support the sport of professional wrestling because the wrestlers are. 
wrestlers behind the scenes. They're talking with each other in both companies and enjoying their life and enjoying their careers. As fans, maybe we should start doing the same. So as we start to uh, wind down here, I'm not sure if Mark's going to back on or if Connor's going to be on. Um, <clears throat> but Adam, what wrestler are you thankful for for this Thanksgiving? What wrestler are you thankful for? <laughs> oh man, uh, can I do <laughs> can I do a past one and then a, uh, like a uh, like current one? Yeah, yeah. Let's do one so past, past one current. So past wrestler, I, I was thankful for. Uh, uh, and it's cliche, but one I was thankful for because I always mention him is Owen Hart. Uh, he gave he he was one of the, he was one of the greats, you know. Regardless of not winning a world title, still one of one of the best character uh, character and one of the best technical wrestlers on TV. Um, and then I think my current wrestler I'm thankful for, uh, man, I think it's going to be it's very hard, but. It, I think it's a tie between MJF because he's he he understands he understands the the heart and soul of pro wrestling he understands it the you know the lineage of pro wrestling and I think the other one I'm going to say that I'm thankful for is um, our fearless leader uh, Dan Housen. Yes, very nice, <laughs> very cool, and probably going to be very full this Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, very full. So Dan Housen, if you ever watch this show. Uh, I hope you get plenty of human monies and uh, you stay uncursed. Uncursed. You know, for for myself, there is, um, I think going back to the past, you know, and looking at it, I really think for me, it's the work ethic of Bret Hart. You know, for me, it's Bret Hart because, you know, when I started getting more into the classic wrestling, he was one of the first, you know, wrestlers in the 80s I started watching. And just to see his work ethic, and just to see, you know, how much that he did for a lot of wrestlers and his smoothness, he was just so much fun to watch. And to have a man be so passionate about it and to have where he was behind his Canadian fan base saying, hey, I don't want to lose in Canada. And for literally giving it all and to be screwed over and, you know, eventually to make amends with the man that screwed him over. Like that, that gives a lot on his character. Um, and then, of course, for me right now with current wrestling, I'm going to have to go with Darby Allen. You know, for me, Darby and I are about the same kind of height, same built, except for I'm a little more chunky. But to have someone his size be on the main stage in the spotlight that he is, he's shown that a lot of kids that are smaller, they may not be able to be the six foot eight, you know, jacked, you know, Hogan. You know, he's shown that, hey, there is another way to get into wrestling or whatever career you want to do, whatever sport. And for me, I think Darby, whether it's his music, his movie projects and all that, like I feel like he's giving his 110%. And to you know, give the respect to Darby and how he treats his fans, Darby Allen, if you're watching this, man, we I thank you for you know all us short guys out there giving us a way to actually prove themselves and you know being there for a lot of your fans and not having any issues with meeting your fans. I re- respect and love you, brother. Yeah, no, those are good choices and i love that we both picked the heart brothers because yes. i mean growing up i mean we talk about family like especially like today thanksgiving we talk about giving thanks to our families and everything like that i mean all the wrestling families out there you know, the pro wrestling families you know from the von erics to the hearts uh you know just just to the guerreros uh like the they, yeah yeah the Rhodes family <laughs> um you know it's it is something that it's funny because it is you see it everything does 
evolve around family, especially during these times, during the holidays. Like, it, it's all about having that family, like, with you, regardless if it's extended or your close personal family or, you know, your significant other, your kids, you know, nephews, nieces. Uh, it, I think it's just something that, especially as wrestling fans, like, it's not only we're thankful for the product that we watch, but it's thankful that we have people that understand that we like it like and and understand that we're nerds about it you know whether it be the classic stuff or even the newer pro wrestling stuff like um i, I think that's the most important thing we can learn on on this holidays like today like hey listen we're we're all a little effed up in the head but hey we're all human we're allowed to be we all make mistakes nobody's perfect but let's just enjoy life right now you know so because you know tomorrow's not promise all we got is today and we just take it one day at a time. That's pretty much all you can do. That's all you got to do, my friend. And I think that's a great way to end the episode. Adam, thank you so much for coming on and spending your Thanksgiving with us. <clears throat> Mark, um, I don't know what happened to him, but Mark, thank you again as well if you're listening. And then, of course, all the listeners at home, thank you for spending your Thanksgiving with us here at the All Elite Zone podcast. <clears throat> we have a lot of fun things in the works coming up. Uh, we got a spinoff coming up that Adam is working on currently uh, for pop culture. So make sure you guys stick around for that because that project I'm excited to help him out with and, and help him get that started. <coughs> Sorry, you made me cough. Uh, yeah, no, I'm really <laughs> excited for that too. Um, but I'm just excited for the future of pro wrestling, man. You know, we're, uh, excuse me. <laughs> we're, you know, we're winding down 2023, getting ready for 2024. And we'll see what it brings. So I'm going to announce it here first on <coughs> We're going to do a special month for the Von Eric family and for the Iron, you know, Iron Claw movie that's coming out. Uh, we're going to have some movie themed uh, episodes along with an episode dedicated to the Von Erics themselves in the month of December, along with our one year anniversary for Talking Elite and two year anniversary for the All Elite Zone podcast. Um, it's been a lot of fun this past year. A lot of things have changed, of course. Um, but we like to thank all the listeners. You know, we are very thankful for you guys and the sport day in, day out, week after week, coming on the live stream while you're watching wrestling or while you're coming on and talking with us on Talking Elite. Adam, is there anything else you want to add before we sign off for the night? Oh, yeah. No, just make sure uh, you keep hitting that like button, the subscribe, you know, share us with your friends. Um, you know, shares with everybody. Um, we just don't talk all elite wrestling. We talk everything wrestling. So you got fans, people out there that are friends that, you know, like WWE, TNA, whatever. We talk about everything. So have them watch some of our show. Um, always, you know, you follow us on Spotify. Uh, you know, just keep up with us. I know Connor's got something planned for our two-year show with a big interview plan. Uh, I'm really excited for. It. I think we all are. Um, it might be our biggest interview yet on the show. Um, so just stay tuned for that. And like Lane said, yes, I am in the works of making my own podcast show about pop culture. Um, as we mentioned earlier, you know, we all have interest in something else. Me, I like pop culture stuff. That's why I'm really good at trivia. <clears throat> so make sure, you know, I'll keep you guys updated. I'm still trying to plan it all out. I'm still working kinks out on how to run it. Uh, like I said, I think I'll do it through what we use for our show, which is StreamYard. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we got that planned as well. Yeah. You said it's going to be a fun, you know, rest of the year, you know, 
great 2024 coming up. We cannot wait to share with you guys and cannot wait to grow. So, Adam, if there's nothing left to be said, you know, on this, you know, episode on Thanksgiving, I think it's time you say your catchphrase and sign us off for the night. Happy Thanksgiving. And as always, good night.